0: Welcome, welcome, listeners. If you're keeping pens aplenty for 2020, then you're in the right place. That's right, you're back with the nib section, official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. We are back for 2020 after our brief hiatus. Before we go any further, I'm going to introduce... Uh, all of our regular hosts, uh, generous benefactor uh, and uh, owner of the Section recording studio, uh, stand-in as it is. Uh, Sharon, welcome, welcome.
1: Hello, and maybe you should edit that to say the um, mortgagee. Mor-
0: mortgagee.
2: <laughs> HSBC currently owns sure, 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 this sure. studio. Uh,
0: and uh, Fearless Leader die.
2: Hello everyone! Happy New Year! Happy Lunar New Year! Yeah,
0: coinciding um, <laughs> both at the at the same time.
2: Happy New Year! Happy New Year!
0: Before we get started, uh, what uh, what is everyone writing with today? Uh, how about you go first, Sharon?
1: So today I'm writing with um, a Pilot Vanishing Point. It was the 2019 limited edition turquoise. Um, really, really nice pen. Not my usual um, width. Uh, everyone knows that I prefer a Decimo to a full-size vanishing point, but this one's so pretty that, you know, you'll give it a pass. Dana, what are you writing
0: with today?
2: I'm writing with my newest Franklin Kristoff. It's the Model 19 in the I think it's called the black and something. It's the ebony and with the white bands. I've definitely talked about this pen before. I can't remember where, whether I've had it as a what I've been writing with today. Um, but it's got the uh, Audrey's fine sig nib, which is really nice as a daily rider. And it's inked with Curandash Magnetic Blue, uh, which is a nice shading blue black.
0: All right i last year brought up that uh i had a crack in the cap of my aurora optima yellow i did send it off oh. to uh, aurora just because i was i think i had sold a couple of pens and i was sending them off and i was just like look if i'm if i'm going to be sending things off anyway uh it came back over the break uh there is nothing to speak of uh in the cap anymore they have uh repaired the cap and nice. it is back in my regular rotation it's got a cef nib and i've got uh tokiwa matsu wait so
2: who did you send that off to directly to aurora uh
0: no because i bought this from uh, apple Bomb. Ah. Uh, so i sent it back to them and they sent it to aurora
2: very nice to avoid having to go through the australian distributors
0: i i genuinely couldn't even Find. I would have preferred to go directly to Aurora, but I couldn't get that information. Um, They
2: don't encourage it.
0: No, no. Uh, But that's what we're riding with for 2020, our our inaugural for this year. Uh, We've got a few things to get through to today, Um, but we we did take a little bit of a break.
2: It was a nice, relaxing break. But but we came back and the world is on fire. Yeah. (laughs)
1: And, you know, people are dying of the coronavirus. Yep. I have a stash of masks. You
2: may take one on your way out
1: because I hear... I will definitely
2: take you up on that. So we're (laughs) recording this on the 27th of January. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, you
1: know, the world could have already ended. It could have already been burnt down or, you know, the plague could have come upon us. Um, But yesterday, uh, I woke up yesterday to my parents frantically texting me. Saying that their entire train line is infected, and so that if I wanted to go back and visit them to not catch the train or to wear a mask. I don't keep masks around the house, right? Like, it's just not my thing. Are they
2: getting their disinformation from WhatsApp?
1: No, 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 no. It was actually reported three cases. It's along the northern line in Sydney. So, it's in Burwood, Eastwood and Rhodes. So, literally on their line. I heard from my grandparents that the cases were in Hurstville, which is very close to where I am. It may have spread. Oh, um, terrific. So, uh, I, and then I went back to my parents yesterday via driving, and um, they came back and they offered me a box
0: of masks.
1: <laughs> it was the it was the most thoughtful uh, Chinese prepared. New Year's <laughs> gift I'd ever received.
0: It it really has been a whole succession of things. It's been a it's been a weird time for we're Sydney. We're still in January. It's, it, it's we're not even at the end of the month. Yep. Uh, those of you listening, uh, you know, in in Australia, it's it's been a, a weird past few months as well. I know uh, Sydney has, uh, as far as main Sydney, it's really been mostly air quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's been a number of air
2: quality, extreme heat.
0: Yeah, uh, there's been a number of uh, real consequences all all across the the country, and I, I had a lot of. Um, I had a lot of uh, pen people from all over the world send, send me a few messages uh, over, over the break. Um, and that's going to tie in uh, a bunch with uh, what our topic is about today. Um, but before we get to that, um, we've got a little bit of feedback and news. Uh, Dad, do you want to read our feedback?
2: I don't know what news we have, but we definitely have um, a piece of feedback that Philly PB left for us on Apple Podcasts. He or she gave us five stars. Uh, They wrote, love me some racks." It goes without saying that Chucks, Diana, Sharon and the rest of the Sydney and Melbourne team have lavished us with their fountain pen knowledge, intelligent conversation and slightly drunken silliness. But the value of their recommendations is off the charts. Keep them coming.
0: Slightly is an undersell (laughs) for a couple of our last episodes.
2: (laughs) You know, it, it wanes and waxes.
0: I I genuinely I I appreciate that because I I do uh, think normally I I think a lot about what I'm recommending and I try to rotate the kind of things that we recommend out to people so that uh, I'm not just doing products that we we have a variety of things that we're we're sharing What, what about you two?
1: Well, if I were to recommend something that I'm completely obsessed with, you'll get a whole series of wine recommendations, and then you'll get a whole series of trashy TV recommendations, and then you'll have a whole series of, I don't know, tax recommendations. Um, But no, I really do appreciate the feedback. um, And yeah, I love doing this with you guys. In amongst the slightly drunken silliness, I like that. We we wear it well. (laughs)
0: Uh, So, the topic today uh, is pen friends. Um, And uh, those of you that uh, pay attention to a lot of kind of fountain pen and stationery related. Uh, media, uh, might have noticed that uh, the Nib section podcast uh, is on the Pen Addicts blog roll and Pen Friends page. Uh, you can find on the penaddict.com. But um, we did want to start the year on a note of positivity. Uh, you know, we want to shout out people whose content that we love in the Fountain Pen community that makes it easy and exciting for us to keep doing this podcast.
2: Yeah, I was. Uh, I have no idea when we started appearing on the Pen Addicts Pen Friends uh, page I have to say I don't check that page regularly and I assume How that dare you. I assume that if we had appeared on it earlier last year that maybe someone would have you know alerted me to the fact but um, so Brad and Mike I think they mentioned it recently that the page had been updated in the Panedict podcast and so I went and checked it out and lo and behold I saw that we were on it, um, as well as Anna and Urban's podcast, The Fountain Pen Companion, and also The Leaky Nib, uh, which is Kat and John Phelan's also fairly new podcast about fountain pens out of Indiana. And um, I'm really, really grateful to Brad and Mike for including us. So I really wanted to let them know our appreciation and also to share the love. We don't have a blog role, but... I thought this was a nice way to start the year and do something similar and maybe point our listeners to people who we really enjoy following and who we rely on to get, you know, news and information about the fountain pen community.
0: Yeah, I I think I benefit a little bit from uh, a hard immunity of sorts in that I don't have a huge mainline into a lot of the uh, podcasts and stuff, but I have... Ended up in contact with a lot of things. That's okay. People. I I listen to them for research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I end up talking to these people a lot, and a number of these things end up filtering throughout to me uh, anyway. And they're uh, a, a lot of them are are really uh, entertaining people. It's the the content that they kind of round up um, is primarily on my my instagram feed is kind of where i get a lot of that stuff but um who 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 are your favorite uh you know pen blogs websites youtube channels podcasts any any of those What what are your favorites though
2: um well why don't we do this one at a time uh starting with sharon so we'll go around around. the circle we'll give one each and um, i'm allowing for repeats so um we can mention ones that someone else has already mentioned Okay, so does it matter what we start off with?
0: I'm going to say no so that we can get the ball rolling. (laughs)
1: Um, So I have to give – I I will preface it by saying I don't actually read a lot of the blogs um, religiously, so I don't keep an RSS feed of all of the blogs. Um, I have some YouTube subscriptions, and like Chuck, I follow a lot of these people on Instagram. So my first big shout-out is to Mountain of Ink – on instagram as well as uh the Kelly. blog oh my gosh so beautiful it's just everything about it um i i really like how harmonious um the themes that she does aha and sorry i'm wrestling with a dog in my lap at the moment who's little just bit keep squirming um yeah, I'm a big fan of how she does the uh, her ink reviews, her ink swatches and my favourite part of her blog as well as her Instagram is not actually the individual ink reviews or comparisons but it's the themes she puts together for each month. It's always based around some type of picture or some scene and she pulls out five ink colours to make it her ink palette of the month. I find that very, very inspiring.
2: Mountain of Ink was on my shortlist uh, it almost went into my top 10, but I left it out at the last minute, <laughs> but I have That's to okay. say <laughs>
1: it was number one on my list. <laughs>
2: That's great. Um, number one on my, my list is Laypod, Reyes' Instagram feed. She also has a blog at www.layreyes.com, but it hasn't been updated very much recently. I think the most recent update was maybe mid 2019, um, But her Instagram feed is such a treasure trove of inspiration and, like, really great photography, um, process videos about her artwork. I really like the way that she uses inks for both calligraphy and um, lettering, but also in her drawing practice. And you can really tell that she's very adventurous in how she uses different mediums. Um, You know, she uses bleach and all sorts of chemicals and things like that, and that ability to be both an artist and also um, a content creator who shares what she creates on Instagram in a way that's really accessible and inspiring. I think that's, it's just such a great and fun feed. And she shows a lot of photos from events that she's been at as well. And she obviously travels quite a lot and has inside access to a lot of new creators. So it's, um, it's a, it's a blog of all sorts of things.
0: I don't have a very deep list, but because I wanted to leave out of this uh, kind of list uh, all of the, like, vendor and brand pages because I thought that would yeah, I tried Yeah,
2: I tried to limit myself that to that non-vendors and retailers. Everything.
0: Yeah, the one concession I'm going to have to that uh, because Mountain of Ink was also one of mine. Um, uh, but uh, just on uh, what Sharon said, what, what I really like about Mountain of Ink is I will see – lo- a lot of people swab. Not a lot of people will do a full page of writing. And that's it is uh, very nice to see the characteristics of an ink that way. It's uh, very clear on on how it will perform. That is, I think, the one thing that they do uh, that uh, other people don't do so much.
1: Plus she uses the same passage. Yep. And she's got beautiful
2: writing. <laughs> yeah. But also yeah. the consistency of her photography um, is really useful when it comes to comparing swatches.
0: Um, the one concession that I will put, because I never hugely feel like they're trying to sell to me, is the Nagasawa page. I, I genuinely just think I find very interesting stuff on there. Um, and that's that's the one one concession I will put to the to the vendor side of things is that the, I, I really in, enjoy what Nagasawa shares. Kind of across the board.
1: Which Nagasawa? Because I have a preference for Nagasawa underscore Umeda is uh,
0: the one that I like. I don't know if I have that one. I'm I'm
1: it's the Osaka main I'm store. I'm just
0: going off the top of my head. So I'm uh, let, let me see if I can find the
1: So the Nagasawa Umeda store. Not Nagasawa Style Den. Not Pen Nagasawa styled in. styled in. That's the Kobe store. Okay. So the Umeda store leaks all of the really cool stuff, including the Bauhaus Safari. <laughs> I, I had to put that in, exclamation marks.
0: Bauhaus Safari. I, I think it, it may also be that kind of weird semi, semi-cultural distance of the, the Japanese vendors seem to display things in a different way to the Western vendors that um, I'm not so used to as well. But that's, that's me for, for that side. Back to you.
2: Well, I'm just comparing the two, um, Nagasawa... The the Style Dan and Umeda on Instagram. And they have very different styles of posting. I know. And Umeda is
1: the style that I prefer because it always feels like it's a leak of some sort. Yeah, yeah. It always gets posted up before an official announcement.
2: Whereas I really like Style Dan because they do like drawing and swatches Uh, and things like that. I I like
1: the Umeda one for product news and for new stuff that comes out plus um, stuff in action. Like you can see a lot of things in action
0: on the Umeda store, each to their own. Back over to you, Sharon. What's uh, next on your list?
1: Next on my list is one that I don't visit as often but whenever I'm looking for a review I tend to visit this particular blog and it's the Gentleman Stationer. And it has...
2: What? Are you just reading my mind?
1: <laughs> this was also on my shortlist. Oh, so you saw me write my shortlist during prep time. I wasn't here.
2: looking at all.
1: Well, um... I yeah. was setting up
2: <laughs> the equipment. Do you want to take this one? You can take this one, No, by. no, no, no. You go ahead. <laughs> She's angry with me. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like um, I said, it's on my shortlist. So I wasn't prepared to mention it.
1: So uh, the Gentleman stationer uh, again, it's a really good quality... F- um, pen reviews, very detailed pen reviews. And it's ones where it's not just one page of writing. It's actually, um, he's used a pen for a while before he actually writes a review of it. So yeah, it's very clear cut, really easy to follow. I'm not into all of the bells and whistles and frills when it comes to a um, blog. I just want to see the content. I want to see the photos and I want to know whether or not they think it's a good pen or not.
2: Yeah, second that that one. My second rack is for Parker Blogs. (laughs) That was on my list list too. (laughs) Um, So Parker Blogs is very prolific. Uh, This is Teo Yi Chia's blog. On he's in Singapore. He has a blog at www.parkerblogs.com. He also has an Instagram, same handle, and he's a YouTuber um, who puts out youtube reviews but also demonstrations of watercolor techniques Um, he does a great series of watercolor videos called i think limited palette where he takes three colors and um, paints a sketch just using those three watercolors and it's about exploring the extent of the mixes that you're able to derive just from a very very limited color, like just a simple yellow, a blue, and a red. Um, I'm I don't pretend to be a watercolorist by any means, but I love watching watercolorists at work because it's such a very fast medium, and you can you know learn a lot and derive a lot of pleasure just from you know a, a ten minute video on YouTube. But I have to mention Parker blogs because he is an artist who uses fountain pens quite often in his sketches. And he's also, well, his blog is also the way that I found the most information uh, several years ago about the Sailor specialty nibs. It was after reading his review of, I think, the, uh, the Nagahara Cross Point, um, one of the cross specialty nibs that I made the decision to buy a Sailor King Eagle when it became available on eBay. And his reviews are just, he obviously uses the pens quite a lot before he reviews them. And it's from a very practical and utilitarian perspective. It's not just about the aesthetics of the, the object. Um, and I really appreciate that expert opinion. Do you have anything to add, Sharon? No other than he's the reason why I own a cross nib. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I don't necessarily follow all of these pages because I like to keep my follow list quite small so that my feed isn't saturated. But a lot of these pages keep uh, showing up in my my explore because the algorithm knows that I keep going to them. But, um one, one of these for me is
2: what you're saying is that you're one of those people who is more followed by
0: than I don't who know follow if, other I people. If the number goes that way.
2: Absolutely does. Do you know
1: I had to beg Chuck to follow me. <laughs> So insulted. My it took two years of podcasting together before he finally dropped me a follow, and that was very reluctantly as well. I had to grab his phone and follow myself.
0: My my partner was mad because I followed her housemate before I followed her, and I said it. I said it was because her housemate t- took better photos, uh, and it's. Still the case, by the way.
2: They're saying that Erin oh. wouldn't make your top ten.
0: I, I mean, she's she's. There's a difference between her personal page and her <laughs> art page. There's a difference between her personal page and her art page. Okay. Um, but one one of the profiles that um, I do love coming back to, and I have just hit follow on, um, is, is
1: not mine, evidently.
0: <laughs> is uh, Inky Wanderings uh, on on Instagram. Um, if I could, uh, I, I think what I admire most is their uh, commitment to a teal palette is as strong as my commitment to a yellow palette. Uh, and I, I just like seeing, I just like seeing uh, some other representation of that. If, if you go through the feed there, it's, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I like theme. I like people that lean hard into theme, and I appreciate that uh, inky wanderings.
1: So that actually leads quite nicely into my next rec, which is nibs and flourishes on Instagram. Also a very um, consistent palette. It's very turquoise. Yeah. It's beautiful turquoise pens, beautiful turquoise inks. Sometimes a little bit of pink. A bit of purple. A bit of purple, but. The rest of it's effectively all turquoise, um, very in theme. and a turquoise happens to be a color that I really,
0: really like. You and mel. Mm. yeah um, yes, which is which is why that that veep kind of uh, aligns.
1: Absolutely. Um, um, I, I just really like how uh, thematic nibs and flourishes is. plus um, they have a lot of interesting, smaller niche. Pen brands that they feature on their um on the Instagram there. So
2: yeah, big fan. Next pen friend is Jacob at Food fan Oh
1: man, <laughs> he got oh, my next oh, one. No. <laughs> so evidently Di and I share the same Instagram <laughs> feed. <laughs> um well you met Jacob,
2: didn't you? When you were in Japan? I did, and he was the one who picked up Chuck's lemon pen. Oh, so jealous. Um well Jacob he has a great blog he's one of those people who um presents very different things on his blog and on his instagram and why are you laughing
0: um i i was going to to mention uh i've i've recently had a chat uh with uh jacob who uh facilitated a bit of conversation in between me and uh hiroko-san uh from bokumondo uh, because she wanted to have a. Uh, more in-depth conversation that she wasn't sure she'd be able to get across.
2: Yeah, about your custom. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh,
0: so uh, all three of us went into the chat and the more complicated things were coming through Jacob. Um, and it, it, it was it was just a, a, a kind of like a fun little uh, powwow. Um, all
2: around very helpful, nice yeah, guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, which I, I really appreciate.
2: Yeah, but um, his blog is... Extremely helpful as a look into the Japanese fountain pen community. He visits many of the shows in Japan. He has access to like Japanese niche brands and local only brands, but he also has an interest in Chinese pens apparently. So, um, and does really beautiful t- photography both on the blog and on the Instagram. And um, I just I really like unique content. Plus, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, that too.
1: <laughs> I've never met him. I haven't oh, had the pleasure. Yet. A really, really nice guy. He calls himself an amateur photographer who carries his own light box around with him. So amateur. you can tell. I mean, you,
0: you can, the photos are gorgeous. You can be prepared as an amateur. You can have a lot of equipment. the The next couple may not be surprises to anyone, um, but uh, Yellow Press on Instagram. Um, the 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 next two, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean in hard. Uh, we actually, um, a peek behind the curtain, we would have liked to have, uh, interviewed, uh, Michiko, who's behind Yellow Press. Uh, but in that, uh, none of us speaks Japanese very well.
2: Maybe we can ask Jacob
0: to do it. Yeah, we, they, we, could, we could, um, send that out. He, he can be our reporter in the field. Um, but.
2: Maybe you should talk to him before this episode <laughs> goes out.
0: Um. We would have liked to have interviewed her, but uh, the language uh, barrier would have made things a, a, a little too difficult. Nevertheless, uh, love love her feed, love her her personal style, and leans one of uh, one of two people who leans in much harder to yellow than I do.
2: Well, she must appreciate your blog too, because I, I know that
0: you're mutuals. Uh, yeah, I. Look, I, I don't have the singularity of pen stuff that she does. Um, even if I, if I go to my profile now, there definitely isn't the saturation. Um, but uh, hers is, is always a favourite. Um, Sharon, over to you. Uh,
1: so I'm going to do the remainder of mine pretty quickly because uh, I'm conscious of time. Um, so the uh, one other Instagram, two two more Instagram. So other than Foodie Fan, I'd like to put a huge kudos out to Olive Leaf Cali. Who's a calligraphy? Um, who's a calligrapher, and does a lot of beautiful calligraphy. But I actually found her Instagram back in 2016 when I was um, deep in the shimmering inks hole of despair, and she did the most beautiful sampler of all of the diamine shimmering inks. Um, she wrote them out and. I just don't think they could have looked any better um, Absolutely stunning And I really like the um, calligraphy that she does Because uh, she has a lot of puns in it And as you all know We all love a good pun mm-hmm. So one of my favourites was Velcro, what a rip-off <laughs> Guys, that, that, that was a <laughs> bit too much of a delay. <laughs> a- <laughs> so, Sorry,
0: I'm just looking at her blog. We, can, um, do we We still have canned laughter from Sophia that we can put in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so Olive Leaf Cali. Other shout out goes to um, our friend Leo, who posts a picture a day at Inquisitive Quill. No longer posts uh, YouTube videos as much as he used to, but um, his Instagram is definitely worth a follow. And my um, retailer recommendation, and it's a fairly new one actually, is the um, Applebaum youtube um channel which i know our friend over here has recently been on. no
0: because it was on the break
1: (laughs) so um during the break our friend chuck over here defected went (laughs) elsewhere decided to leave us for bigger and better things double
0: agent i like to think
1: about it um and so through – actually through your feature, I found the whole series that Appleboom's doing with uh, all of the other um, pen collectors.
2: So it's a video series it's about video what your top five pens are. video
1: series around what everyone else is using, what their favourites are, so on and so forth. And I find that actually
2: very, very interesting.
0: Yeah. Dai, who's your next one? Uh.
2: I'll do the same then as Sharon and um, because the, the rest are also mainly Instagrams. So I have two who I follow – for their ink swatches, mainly because they have a lot of um, Japanese inks that we don't get a lot of access to and they show them in really good light and I think they're really good reference points. One is Ink Numa, ink underscore N-U-M-A. They have Japanese Korean inks, but also a lot of Robert Oster. They um, do really nice photography as well. And the other is Yegan's Instagram, which is macchiato.official. Um, on Instagram. He has, he does like an ink a day and has been doing that for several years now, I think, in his Hobonichis. And um, it's a really nice way of having a, just a, a, a look at one particular ink uh, a day. He, I know he collects a lot of sailors and sailor made inks for the different stores, so the rarer sailor inks. And, um, it's really, really good as a resource if you enjoy Sailor Inks. So I'm sorry, Egan, but I'm not a big fan
1: of his Inka Day thing. I just have no interest in it whatsoever. What I am a big fan of is his blog. And I know a lot of people won't like it because he's quite wordy. It's very, very long. <laughs> I love a really good, long, comprehensive blog. But one of his recent ones, and I can't remember, I think it was the Ink Roundup of 2019 or something. It was like seven thousand words. <laughs> it was a really long blog post. It was a good night's read, um, but I, quite comprehensive. Very comprehensive. So we'll link to that one whenever he does. If um, you have like an hour spare, go go yeah. and read it. So whenever he does a review, it's very very comprehensive. I've actually lent a couple. Uh, I think I've lent one or two pens over to Jaegum for him to try out, and he has reviewed on his blog. And they're so much more detailed than the three lines I would put
2: <laughs> underneath it as a caption. He tried tries to be very unsubjective in the way that he reviews. So his review style is is wordy in the sense that he tries to be very, very even-handed in how he reviews everything, whether it's a pen or an ink or an, a notebook, as it happened. So if you compare his review of the the Lamy notebook and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and ours. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're quite different. But, no, they also agree on a lot of the main points.
0: The, the only uh, other couple of ones I want to mention uh, in that... The the f- good thing about Instagram is if you find these, you'll find a whole bunch more. Um, they're they're all kind of if uh, if you start visiting these in your feed, then a number of other ones are going to pop up. Yeah, they get recommended to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yellow Penman. man. Uh, they're all join- do they all have look-
2: them to wear yellow? No, 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 well? I don't know.
0: Just said, these these are the ones that, that I, I'm on a lot. <laughs> uh and the the other one uh being the uh urushi studio at Bokomondo, which I've been enjoying a lot lately yeah um and she is working on one of mine at the moment um which you know stay tuned every everyone is quite good at maintain. i think videos is a little more time intensive but uh there's a lot of representation of people making just general fountain pen. Um, ink and art stuff on Instagram because it's
2: mm-hmm. short. Yeah, and yeah, it doesn't take up too much time. Yeah, yeah. and pe- I have people to say, are looking. Yeah, I, know? I don't watch many of the the videos. Videos take a lot. I, of time. I don't anymore. I used to, so I,
1: I may still be so, um, subscribed to sbre Brown. Um, I was actually a big uh, fan of the Pen Habit. Before he stopped making videos, yeah, I actually same. really liked the quality of his videos, um, the way he did his. Um, but now there aren't that many that I'll tune into religiously. I'm subscribed to Goulet still. I haven't watched a Goulet video in about two years, I think. Um, every now and then there's a title that that captures my attention. Um, I am a big fan of, again, someone who we try to get on the show, Um Summer from this YouTube uh, YouTube um, channel, Bushmen, um, who has the most amazing stationery collection and has really, really good and similar tastes, I think, to us in terms of inks as well as pens. Um, but her YouTube channel is in Chinese and I'm not a – I understand some Chinese. I don't understand pen lingo in Chinese. So I – you know how we call, was it, a gusher or like a very wet pen? Um, I believe the Chinese term for it is like a big water piston is how she pronounces it, uh, how she says it. Anyway, it took me a while to get my head around that. It, it truly was um,
2: a bit of a learning experience.
0: Yeah, We are going to need foreign consultants. Uh, at some at some stage.
2: Yeah, that, that's definitely in the works. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to name the next two, well, my final two also together. Um, they're both on Instagram as well. One is Attila Soltis, mm-hmm. who is, I think, Polish?
1: I don't know, but featured in the Pelican magazine this year. Yes.
2: Um, well, he doesn't just Last use year. Pelicans. I think he's also got some Visconti's um maybe a sailor I can't be sure it's the pelicans we're here for okay well I don't collect pelicans but um he he loves really nice nibs especially the fine nibs I find and also interesting grinds but it's the consistency of his tastes and his um photography style that I find just really relaxing to look at on Instagram and also Jose Naranja I can't pronounce his surname. I'm very sorry. It's spelled Jose J O S E surname N A R A N J A. He has a blog spot and also he's on Instagram. Um, I think there was a there was a couple of articles about him in various online magazines or websites a few years ago. He's an aeronautical engineer who turned uh, who who basically I think resigned and became like a traveller on a very small backpack so he's he's doing these travel journals in watercolour and pen uh, usually drawn with a fine liner or a fountain pen and it's just this tiny, tiny summary of where he's been in gorgeous illustrations and tiny, tiny script. And then he's been scanning each page and making that journal into basically an artifact that can be reproduced and you can buy it online. I think it's called the Orange Journal or something like that. Um, But his Instagram is so beautiful. I, I love how he, so he visits mainly East Asian and Southeast Asian countries and also the subcontinent. And, uh, you know, his journals are full of, you know how when people journal, they use washi tape and they stick things into it. He does the same, but he, you know, he th- sticks things like stamps, um, bus tickets, uh, pieces from newspapers or magazines. And it's the thing, it looks so old. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It looks like a piece of, um, that has been passed down over decades or something. And he has this very unique style of drawing. Um, the whole thing is just a delight to look at.
0: I don't have any others to mention. The we could go on and oh, on, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's we a, have to limit ourselves. There's a lot of parse there. Um, but we, that, that kind of brings us uh, onto our next topic in that we, we, we are in contact with a, a lot of these people, um, you know, whether it be indirect of us just viewing each other's stuff or uh, more directly. Uh, And thinking about the creators that we like uh, and admire, uh, the inevitable follow-up question is, who would we like to collaborate with or interview on the podcast?
2: So this is inspired by a thread that was on the Panetics Slack where we were thinking, well, basically I posed the question to the Slack channel, why aren't there more collaborations, like um, very intentional collaborations between different podcasts, like you see between YouTubers or Instagrammers, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we guest on each other's shows quite often, but we don't um, often do really big collabs. And um, I think those would be really, really fun. there would probably also be a lot of work to organise. But, you know, I want to leave that idea out there for this year because now I think we've got like a critical mass of podcasters um, and we could probably do something really fun across the different continents and time zones. <laughs> Yeah. So if we do make it to the US this year for one of the pen shows, that could be something on the wish list. Definitely. Yeah. So you and I are going, are we? Well, I'm going to try and make it to um, San Fran. <laughs> yeah, same here.
0: The, um, the flip side uh, of, of that, so I, I haven't hugely paid attention to this a lot uh, in, in recent years, but with the streetwear community... Um, in like the late 2000s around 2010 there was like a big collab market and it was companies collaborating a lot with people that you wouldn't see in streetwear there was like nike did a set of shoes that looked like elmer's glue bottles and like and like decomposition (laughs) or or like the
2: le Crusette collaboration with star wars (laughs) yeah there's (laughs) there's like some
0: really odd ones but i say streetwear because with streetwear it was like small runs it wasn't like big companies putting out uh, uh you know a lot of stuff it was and and that's kind of what it could be like in the community i think in that like it would be interesting if we saw um creators of different kinds um and and not just creators of different kinds and and this is wishful thinking but like uh you know pen you know pen companies
2: yeah well i just wanted to use this like This section, this segment as almost like a brainstorming um, session between the three of us, but also just to get some ideas out there so that we feel more motivated to actually make them come true in the year ahead. I think that's a great way to start the year um, by putting a little bit of pressure on ourselves, but also, you know, to aspire to have something to aspire to. Um, dream big guys who would you have on the podcast if Mountain you could of pick <laughs> <laughs> sorry have I not gushed enough Kelly Kelly please see this as an invitation to come on whenever you want
1: <laughs> yeah no uh, for me Mountain of Ink um, I haven't had the opportunity to speak with her but I've religiously followed the blog it's one of the few that I actually religiously follow
2: um, the you're first... gonna say Ray Le- Le Reyes <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm, I was going to say I Le I love Reyes. how hard <laughs> you rolled your eyes when you said that. <laughs> it's true though. Like, yeah. you
1: know, it, it has been on the wish list for a while, I Absolutely.
2: think. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Le Reyes, both as an artist and also as a pen collector and as an ink collector, she is. she just crosses so many of our interests. And also as someone who's been online and a figure in the community for years – and who's, I think, a major figure in the Filipino fountain pen collecting world, um, who has a lot of international reach, who visits a lot of countries and pen shows. I think she would be such a a fount of knowledge. Love to talk to her. But also, um, Teo, who I mentioned um, in our pen friends segment just before, I'd love to talk to him as well. That's Parker Blogs, right? That's Parker Blogs.
0: Um, I, I feel like I, I spend a lot of time talking to these people in like various channels, but not, not necessarily on their pages. So I'm, I haven't given this one as much thought. I do, I, I, I love every time we get a chance to talk to Annabelle, um, and I would love to more directly, uh, get a chance to, um, hang out and work on stuff with annabelle uh watch this space um but yeah i think a little foray into i i think probably europe is where we do the the least amount of because
2: we're so far away yeah. and you can't get a direct flight there yeah that and, and the time difference
0: is just such a the, t- the time pain. difference is massive but <laughs> it's yeah it's awful i i think about um europe in terms of People that I don't uh, interact with as frequently as I do, say the the American listeners or or the the Asian listeners.
2: But that's understandable, right? Because they're yeah. they have their own communities and they don't all share the same language. Yeah. You know, so, so there might be a German community and there's a Spanish community and there's the whole Dutch um, and Scandinavian world, and they all have their own little pen meets, and only a fraction of that probably is. Um, represented on the English-speaking blogs and platforms.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, But, yeah, so if you want to learn more about the European fountain pen communities, uh, Fountain Pen Companion is a great podcast and uh, mainly a podcast to follow. That's Annabelle, um, who we've interviewed. There's Anna Chiki, who we've also interviewed on the Nib section. There's Urban, who... Ooh, I'd love to interview. Urban Hafner. Urban Hafner. 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 And there is Daniel as well, who is also on Instagram. And we'll link to all those people as well as the podcast. Um, wait, where are we up to? Oh, people we'd like on the show. Yes. I think we're back at Sharon. I only had one. That was it. Oh, okay.
1: Because so I- – and mind you, I've been very, very fortunate in that a lot of the people that we have mentioned, so I have spoken to uh, Jacob Fudevan, um before. I just didn't get him on the actual recording. Don't worry, there's always next time. Yeah, you're going to Japan, aren't you, this year? If I can get leave then uh, and I can get tickets, then yes, I'll try and make it to the Marazen show this year. But I've been very fortunate in terms of who I've been able to speak to and who I've been able to collaborate with for this particular podcast. So um, the only one that comes to mind at the moment who I'm dying
2: to have a session with would be Mountain of Ink. Speaking of aiming high, and I can't believe we've never mentioned this before, I would love to talk to Brad Dowdy on our podcast. Um, Not that I would refuse an invitation to be on The Pen Addict if they asked, but um, I think he... He gets asked most often about, you know, his work for NOC and about his blog and things like that. And I'd love to be able to raise myself to the challenge of thinking up questions of him that he's never been asked before. I would really appreciate that challenge. And I think it would be a really interesting conversation because Brad is a really knowledgeable guy and he's obviously um, been in this community a long time and he has this maturity that I really aim for in my interactions online. Um, and, yeah, I think that would be really fun.
0: Um, I, I would love uh, to have a chat with artists that work in physical mediums that use a lot of ink and inks that we think about as i mean we often think about um ink specifically in in terms of fountain pen use i would i would just kind of want to have a chat with artists that don't necessarily use fountain pens for for their every day but like using those inks um, so
2: inks in drawing inks yeah mean? kind
0: of like on the journaling and because we were talking about how specific some people's aesthetic is on instagram and that isn't necessarily fountain pen focused someone uh like uh the the aesthetic on um say like the wonder pens uh instagram is kind of halfway between an art page and a vendor page Um, and it's that kind of commitment to a look uh to a style um that you've mentioned with some of the other people that you've you've looked at um but isn't Necessarily, all fountain pens. It's kind of a generalized stationary one, and that that I kind of want to look at because I I feel like me being more interested in fountain pens over the past few years. I have connected with a lot of fountain pen users, but I've also connected with a lot of artists who don't necessarily um, use the medium or materials that that I do, um, and I I think that's really interesting. Um, I, w- I would like to look at uh, other ways to make art with um, the tools that we we're, we're very passionate about.
2: My final person is more of a list of people. Um, an idea that I've been throwing around with Annabelle is the idea of having basically a series of interviews with nibmeisterin using Annabelle's term, a female nibmeisters. We, on the podcast, we've talked to Annabelle twice. Um, I've talked to Audrey, who's in the US. But there's also, apparently, this whole history of female nibmeisters in the companies. So, the big brands like Schaefer and Waterman and Montblanc Montblanc and Aurora, which we learned about last year when we went to the Montblanc masterclass. Um, Basically, most the majority of in-house nib technicians are female. And... I'd love to get that perspective from someone who's been working in the industry just behind the scenes and who is willing to talk to us. A couple of names that uh, people put me onto are... Let's see. Um, Leda Miller in the US, who apparently worked for Schaefer for decades. There's also Linda Kennedy, who was trained by Richard Binder and now is on Indie dance. I think she's operating independently. I've had a couple of her nibs before. Yeah. Two others I don't know very much about, but whose names were recommended to me were Gina Salarino and Deb Kinney. So I've only really latter heard about The a bell. Her. Yeah, exactly. But um, that's something that it's, – it's like a – this niche in the whole community that I think is little explored and there's i I'm, I'm very interested in finding out more about it those are our wish lists for guests and collaborators you can maybe we'll return to it at the end of the year and see how many of them we've actually managed to also, get to
0: also if if you have um if you make regular stuff in the fountain pen community and we haven't mentioned you, you can get in contact with us as well.
1: Non-exhaustive list. It's absolutely
0: a non-exhaustive list. Yeah, absolutely.
2: We love discovering, like, people whose work is really interesting and innovative preference for Australian makers, but we don't completely limit ourselves to Aussies and New Zealanders and people in the Oceania region, because we also try to explore things outside of the region and be international in our scope. But um, especially if you're an Australian maker, we'd love to learn about what you're doing. You know, maybe DM us and point us to your work and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of people who get together and talk about pens. Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) And as you may have noticed by our list of pen friends, we share a lot of um, people that we follow. (laughs) So in a way, we're a little bit, uh, what's the word, insular. Mm. Um, And we always try to open ourselves and to... Go beyond our recommendations list or, you know, the whatever the algorithm turns up as you may be interested in this. We try to go beyond what the algorithm expects us to be interested in, but um, that requires an additional step. And um, you can help us by maybe messaging us and pointing us out, uh, pointing out new things to us. And that in a way is how you keep
1: this um, hobby uh, fresh because I go through peaks and troughs and I'm more than happy to admit I'm going through a massive trough at the moment when it comes to pens. I find very little that interests me at the moment. So discovering new sources of inspiration, I I wouldn't turn that that Mm. down at all.
0: Yeah, the uh, last purchase for me was uh 29th of October and I'm trying to and I I'm not having to try very hard um, but I'm trying to extend that till at least July um, and I, I kind of want to take a little bit of a hiatus from purchasing and just more getting to know the the stuff that I have I think NanoRimo was really good in that I figured out what I could write with for long long periods of time and not just like a little scribble here and there and in in that way that sometimes we we take breaks from from uh, the pens the same, same thing is that with us having a certain view uh, or, or a certain set people that we interact with in the community, new people are always welcomed because they they give us a fresh insight with with that um, that takes us to uh, suggestions that we we put the call out to our listeners and some suggestions for future topics, like Diana said with our previous one. Um, We're not going to go hugely into these right now, but it's more that we put them out on air and we kind of become accountable for talking about them.
2: (laughs) And also, um, I think they're all really great ideas. Mm. Um, And just in case we don't get to them this year, I wanted everyone who left a recommendation to know that we hear you. It's on the list. We're going to get to it at some point, possibly this year. Um, But this will probably give us a kick in the pants and get to it earlier,
0: hopefully. Sure, sure. Um so let's let's go around the table um I'll start uh first suggestion is from Therese um she has said any tips uh, recommendations pros and cons how to order online through places like Taobao and Rakuten would be most appreciated um, I think we could definitely do an, an international yeah and
1: I, and as I prefaced on my response to this particular request uh, Rakuten, absolutely, could talk Super day and easy. night about that one. Really, Taobao, really is. more research needed. Uh, Taobao, we may have to get my cousin <laughs> on here to try and explain it because whenever I order anything, I basically say, you go buy it for me. And whether or not she buys it or then she phones a friend and says, you go buy this for my cousin, who knows?
2: Instruction right? for how to order on Taobao, email... <laughs> Sharon's
0: cousin. It, it's a daisy chain.
2: Uh yeah. She may uh, she may take a fee. Uh the next suggestion's from Kevin Yank, who asked um that we talk about pens that are shaped like other things.
1: Oh, he's got picos on his mind. <laughs>
2: mm. Lamy
1: picos. Well,
0: can we talk about that gladiator pen that's coming out? The ones with the abs. The the pen with the abs. <laughs>
2: the pen with I,
0: I, I want to reserve 15 minutes
2: okay. In, okay.
0: in a future episode right. for that one.
1: Oh, not, not today? Not right now. <laughs> is it because you haven't felt up the abs?
0: No. It's, are you not
1: sure how many abs there are? I,
0: I'm i going to, before we talk about that and that pen, I'm going to go do a whole bunch of core exercises before we talk about it.
1: <laughs> and so what is this? Is it compare your abs yeah, to the yeah. pen's abs?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, What what have we got after that?
1: (laughs) Okay, um, so from Natalie, fountain pens in the workplace because I regard my pens very much as the tools of my trade and use them to write all my books. Wow. Um, And I'm really curious to find out how others manage to use them in workplaces that are increasingly, indeed, often completely digital. Also, generally, fountain pens in the arts. I am in awe of artists who draw with them.
2: I like this one. Yeah, Natalie, thank you for your suggestion and stay tuned because that's
0: definitely in the works. Um, from Tim Perry, uh, some of the Chinese pens coming from pen BBS, Moonman, uh, Delica, is that right or
2: Delike?
0: Delike? Delite? Oh, uh, sure, we can talk or about it. It,
1: it. Or is it the spell like pronounced the Chinese like
0: Right, right, right. Well, we could, that's, that's. I'm, I'm sure that's five minutes of that episode. Like. Um, but uh, maybe Leo Fok could make a guest appearance uh, to cover these. So contrary
1: to like popular belief, Leo's actually Leo has no interest not in Chinese, Chinese. pens. It's, well, yeah. he sort of is. He's he's based out in Hong Kong. Yeah. So his access to these particular Chinese pens are probably through his friend, who's the equivalent of my cousin,
2: who gets them from Taobao.
0: Sure, sure, sure. <laughs>
2: Right. But but Leo himself does not have many Chinese uh, pens. Uh, not uh, some not not his area of interest. No, not his area of interest. If you were talking he, vintage he pilots. He has access to them <laughs> because of the Hong Kong pen groups. Yeah. Um, and they have a lot of people who
0: are interested. And I love in how pens. we're
2: just speaking on behalf of Leo here. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's he can here, so. correct us if we're
0: wrong. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He, he, um, he can issue a statement.
2: But there are a lot of people that uh, who know a lot more about Chinese pens than us. Urban, I think. Even though he's in Germany, he uh, collects a lot of Chinese pens. Um, Jacob, Fude fan, is also very interested in like Moonmans and Chinese pens. Um, someone who I was following their blog, but they haven't been very um, – they haven't been updating recently is Frank Underwater, who used to do really good summaries of the Chinese pen community and Chinese pen makers. But I think I don't think he's been very active in the last year or so. Um, but, yes, I'm also very interested in this topic because I think Chinese pens, um, they get a bad rap, and um, it's probably time to revisit the topic and see – what the new makers are doing and come to some sort of new estimation of where they are situated in the fountain pen community. Okay, another suggestion from Chris is, well, I think it's Chris. Chris, who we've met at Sydney Pen Meets, he says, how does one narrow it down to the one pen, the one in air quotes? How do you decide on which pen you'll settle in with for good? You
0: don't. <laughs> That's, I feel like rather than... Rather than one episode, that's been an undercurrent of, of a lot of our conversations.
2: None of us are pen monogamists. No, no. Yeah, I go on three dates with them at the very least. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But I, I do think that we, we can talk a little bit more about that. We, we've definitely touched on that in our uh, Marie Kondo-ish episode. That um, was
1: beginning of last year, actually. Because yep. Spring we is all about, um, you know, feeling the cells in your body rise. <laughs> With joy. Um, So the next one's from Max at Fountain Pen Supplies. And this one really speaks to my heart. This was a huge, yes, I want to do this particular topic. I'd like to hear about hobby burnout. Um, Not that point when you're satisfied with your collection and don't need new stuff, but when everything just bores you. Even if it's something you'd have jumped through hoops for six months ago. Thoughts on what brings it on? how people got through it if they did or what, ter- uh, what they turned to if they didn't and how it impacted their thoughts, feelings about the
0: hobby in general. Can we get Melissa on for that one?
2: Yeah, I think you and Melissa are in a similar place. But um, I am feeling burnout in certain areas, in ink in particular, which will be rich for wow. the next episode. Wow. <laughs> um, but, yes, I think all of us have experienced it yeah. or are still in the depths of it at some yeah. point. And do you know what I did? I bought 10 decimos. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, like, going to a show will also help.
1: Well, so for me, like, there's just nothing interesting that's really kind of – I've gone, wow, that's so cool. I want to know everything about that particular pen. Um, or my realisation around sailors, which I was a big fan of sailors last year and the year before. This year, to me, I'm kind of like, hmm, it's pretty plastic. I don't feel the burning desire to go hunt it down. I actually – Absolutely no desire for that. So instead, what do I do? I go, oh, decimos work great. I wouldn't mind a couple more decimos. And the next thing you know, I've got a shipment of like ten freaking decimos on top of the five that came the other week.
0: That's a centimo, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. um, no, it's a decim- do decim- decimo. Decim- decimo.
0: De- des- well, because ten. Ten is a De- decimo. Deci is ten. Yeah. yeah. And you said you have got ten decimos coming.
1: Well, I had 10 decimos. Yeah, coming. Yeah,
0: so centi, right? So 10 tens is
1: 100. Oh, ha, ha, ha. It was actually 15 <laughs> because I had five from the special editions that came through. Anyway, but, yeah, so the way that I dealt with it, very, very unhealthily, do not recommend this to anybody because I'm just an unhealthily obsessed person, I, I bought 15 decimos within the span of about a month. That, I mean, my latest – my latest shipment came like just the other week.
0: (laughs) I I just think some of your hobbies are phases, but some of them are seasonal. Some, some are cycles that come back around. Uh, Two years ago, I sold all of my bass guitars except one. And I last week put a down payment on a new one for the first time. Like, you've
2: been playing a lot recently. I have
0: been, I have been. And it, but it's uh, sometimes you just need to leave it alone. I, I have been dancing since I was 14 and I left it alone for like five years. Did I, you just
2: top up my champagne? She well, has I didn't been doing notice. that oh all God. throughout.
0: Um, I left it alone for five years because I stopped caring about it and I didn't want to make myself keep doing it and then never want to do it again. So I just left it alone and interacted where I could. And now I'm back doing it semi, semi-regularly, definitely more than I, I have. So sometimes it's if your hobby is telling you to slow down, maybe slow down. And listen to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I left fountain pens for... A decade. Not a decade, maybe about six years, six, seven years before I picked it back up again. And during that period, I didn't even use a fountain pen. Put them all in storage. I had a Nakaya, which I'm so ashamed to admit this, but I had a Nakaya with like old platinum blue black, which is an gall ink, left in it from 2009, which was probably the last time I picked it up. And I just left it inked there. Is until, the nib okay? It's fine. Um, until I picked it Good back up again. Good thing it's not a piston filler. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I picked it back up again in 2015 for the first ever Sydney pen meet that I went to since I got back into the hobby. And, um, yeah, like that, that really kicked things into high gear again for me but at that point I'd been out of the hobby for a good you know a, a good six possibly even seven about six years I think um I mean my first pen meet someone said to me what do you think of these
2: twisbies and I'm like a twiz who
0: I, I think we, we, we could definitely do do a lot on.
2: and as on a side that. like a side point from that is how to make the hobby sustainable for you
1: yeah.
0: Um,
2: don't buy 15 decimos. <laughs> don't do what Sharon does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not healthy. I know. I'm seeking help.
0: What works for you may not work for, for other people as well. Uh,
2: suggestion from Nick Gold is innovations in fountain pen designs, not only filling systems.
0: I, I don't know enough about this topic. And I think we may need...
2: I think we need a guest.
0: We, yeah, we need we need a guest.
2: We uh, need um, someone like Max to come on or Yeah,
0: or, or, or Tav or like mm-hmm. a, a historian. Mm. Um, which uh, I, I definitely am not, not for, not for fountain pens. Next up we have from Kevin Parks. Uh, all the slack orbit pods and tubes are super heavily weighted towards modern pens. Let at least one voice at least just put in a vote for a more vintage uh, discussion in 2020. Why vintage? Uh, charm, romance, uh, price design, reuse, rare nibs. Why not? Things break, weird filling systems, ink limitations, et cetera. Which models and brands appear? Which vintage pens do you all have and reach for the most? Which vintage grails have eluded you? And which strike you as bargains or overlooked models? Schaefer had a big presence in Australia, and what's the feeling on that, etc. I know Max knows more about that Schaefer in Australia mm-hmm. bit than I do, um, and we can definitely pick his brain in on that.
2: So the three of us, we don't claim to be
0: uh, no. fans of vintage no. or knowledgeable about vintage? I don't, I don't, think, I don't vintage? think we're anti-vintage.
2: No, we're
1: not. And can I just can I tell a little tale here, right? Because it's, you know, it's the new year. We want to let all of the bad juju out. So, and someone has already mentioned that I am the regular grump of this particular... um, Who mentioned that? I think I can't, I remember reading it somewhere that they said, you know, they enjoy listening to you, you die, read a phone book and me shaking my (laughs) fist at the world, uh, at the sky around everything that's wrong in the world. So once upon a time, back when you could get vintage bargains, I bought a wall gold, gold? It's one of those gold pens, but um, it was a nice wall pen with like a size five. I want to say it was a size five nib, um, full flex. And it, it was a lever filler, really nice from, I don't know which era, but it was a vintage pen. It was one of my first vintage pens. And I bought it for a about a hundred dollars, I think it was a hundred Aussie dollars, which really, really good bargain, right? Full flex was in perfect working condition, had a new sack and everything, and I used it, and I really loved this pen, and it was a fantastic writing experience. And then I started scouring the interwebs about vintage pen maintenance. Oh boy, <laughs> I started getting freaked out because they were like, don't use this, don't use this, don't use this. You can't flush it out like that. You can't lift the lever up too high. You know, you can't like put too much pressure on the sack, otherwise it's going to pop. You can't use this ink, you can't do that. You can't. There were just so many you can't do's that it really started freaking me out. And then at that time I had a friend who's now no longer a friend, but um, this friend was writing the great Australian novel, it wasn't. It was a shit book.
2: Like, mind you, call out. Sorry. <laughs> Wait. is sense of that, is this the friend that you bought a Nakaya for? Like yes. Early in yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So, um, writing the great Australian novel, and it wasn't. Um, I, I, I couldn't take it seriously, right? Because she she was a self proclaimed artiste. Um, with an interest in things that were definitely not what she was writing about. And, you know, the whole uh, old adage about write what you know. Well, she didn't write what she knew because she was writing about being, writing about my life as an accountant or like um, adventures in investigative forensic accounting. And she said, I needed a vintage pen. So, I gave her this particular vintage pen because I was so concerned about all of the, you know, maintenance and upkeep with all of this stuff. Anyway, fast forward a few.
2: She's tainted vintage pens for
1: you forever. She's completely tainted vintage (laughs) pens for me and I've never gotten that pen back. Well, you know how last year you
2: said that you would try to get over that bad the um, the mental advantages? association with that it desk was pen also
0: in the Marie Kondo episode yeah
2: maybe maybe you should do the same thing with vintage pens this year that will be your goal for 2020 but this still requires <laughs> me to outlay definitely more
1: than the hundred bucks I paid for this particular vintage pen which I'm never going to get back anymore and all I remember was that it was a fantastic pen I'm pretty sure I still have a writing sample of it somewhere but I'm never going to get it back and what do I have to show for it
2: a friend who's no longer in your life
1: I wouldn't even call her a friend anymore. But, and, and like a really shitty accounting book, pardon my French, like a really terrible accounting novel, which made no sense. It was a time traveling accountant novel. Oh my God. Was it ever published? No, because there's a reason why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it wasn't published. Sorry, maybe we should just screen all of that. There
2: we go. (laughs) Maybe we should
1: just Uh, screen all that. Okay. I
0: think if we have I think it's fine as it is if we get too many more details of the book. Nothing
2: incriminating, (laughs) no names mentioned. (laughs) That was fine, it's fine. I'm over it now. (laughs) It'd be terrible if she was actually a published author. (laughs) Well um,
1: (laughs) <laughs> I'm over it now. I'm okay. totally fine. I no you longer sound really, like over it. It. I t no longer collect gold rolled wall ever sharp with full flex nibs. I buy decimos these days. And kikuno's.
2: I'm fine, guys. <laughs> well that's how we start the year. We are all fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I, and we have a
2: lot of work to on, do uh, for on,
0: 2020. On on topic, uh, I think yeah, we can maybe give vintage pens for shrift this year.
1: Maybe we should uh, give that to someone yeah. who
2: has a passion for it and no. no that's bad what memories. I mean exactly. That's um that's my only reticence because I don't want to talk about something which. I feel very ignorant about, and so you heard my vintage story <laughs> exactly. So, um, I think it'd be about locating the right person, um, who is knowledgeable and can actually speak to the other vintage lovers in our listenership.
0: Exactly. I like. I have a massive love for Parker Vacuumatics, but because of not wanting to mess around with inks and sex and particularly with the drawing, um, you know. Carbon black doesn't play well with sax. Um, you know, yeah, that's, you get uh, my, my grandmother in always said that carbon black doesn't play well with sax. But, um, but
1: we're really earning our rating today.
0: But um, uh, so I have uh, Parker Vacuumatic, but I have the mechanical pencil, um, which has been my my foray into that. But I I do have a love for them. But again, the uh, I, I know the vintage listenership. Uh, is is also part historian and they do know a lot about their particular materials and it's not just that, oh, I like how this wall looks, mm-hmm. right? Or, oh, I like how this Schaefer looks. Generally, they have a little more knowledge about it and we, I think we do need to get someone on who, who has that.
1: So you can count me out for that episode because I've already shared everything that I can or share about can, vintage.
0: Maybe we'll, we'll get you on for the episode. <laughs>
1: yeah. um. I own a Parker 51, we'll figure out how to make it work. <laughs>
0: uh okay, so that's that's a forecast for the year uh if you like. Um but we I th- we we do have a lot uh ahead of us and we we've, we've also done a lot now. Um you know, midway through the year we'll, we'll uh, be 3 years of the new oh! section midway <gasps> through the year which which is a uh, uh, a lot to have done and a lot to look forward to
2: yeah um mel melissa not mel sanders in melbourne but melissa in sydney she did like a melissa basically the artist melissa the artist she did basically an index of all the main oh topics that we gosh, did yesterday. it was amazing we should actually share that we should share, I'll that share it in our show notes um yeah. and maybe like do regular updates oh uh, my every god six it was
1: amazing i've never seen an index of our podcast <laughs> done that way <laughs>
2: i'm just thinking of like we should make this available on like the fountain pen wiki no the stationary wiki or something oh
0: that wiki i'll talk to they, alexander that kramer wiki about where it they've they've researched both of your birthdays <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they said that you were born in the same year as us before i corrected it yeah.
1: <laughs> there was a lot of interesting information they said we were all from melbourne first yes us? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. Well, but all up to alex kramer who's yes. the maintainer of that thank wiki you, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, alex. i never thought i'd have a wiki page. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, a lot to come for the nib section in 2020. Uh, That takes us to our recommendation section. Those of you listening for the first time, this is where we just tell you about stuff we like that we would like you to participate in that may or may not be stationary related. I have spent the episode thinking about a recommendation, but if you guys... I will start. I will
1: start. So, because I'm in a storytelling mood, right? So, let me tell you about what I did over the Christmas break. So... This Christmas break, I unfortunately had only two days of leave because I worked up until Christmas Day. And then on Christmas Day, I did have Christmas Day off, uh, Boxing Day off. And then on the 27th, we had an emergency appeal at work that we needed to try and pull together for the bushfires because one of our sites was impacted. So I worked through that. The actual only time I had off this break was... um, the public holidays plus the 30th and the 31st. So I had a very, very short break and I was back to work on the second. And normally during um, the summer break, what I like to do to rejuvenate for the year, and it's a one, one time a year thing. I stay at home and I binge watch a lot of Chinese dramas. It's the only Boy time has of the she. Year. <laughs> it's it's all I hear about. the <laughs> only time of the year where I basically say, you know what, Sharon? You've deserved it. You've had a hard year. You deserve to lie on your couch pass out and just watch dramas till your, ear, like your brain bleeds through your ears. And this year, I didn't have that full experience because I had to go back to work so soon. I normally get a full two weeks to like binge watch dramas. Anyway, but this year, I binge watched a lot of dramas. You'll hear about one of them on the next episode, which I'm going to put in my rec for the next episode. But partway through, um, towards the end of my um, binge watch season – Hashtag binge watch season. Uh, I watched the Untamed, which is on Netflix, and it's it's not a great TV show. It's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, there are many things to like about it, but it's not a great TV show. It's revolutionary queer representation. It, it is revolutionary in that it's the first um, open, openly in censored, openly censored queer um, drama that has absolutely blown up in the chinese um entertainment scene so if you do have a chance watch it it's about two soulmates who uh, netflix has the description that they're two guys who are soulmates with each other go search around the world and solve crimes and defeat zombies it's actually not as bad as it sounds it's it's not bad but my recommendation some of you watched
0: i Zombies*, so you can definitely watch
1: this
0: <laughs> some of you watched true blood oh so you can definitely watch this
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true yeah some of you guys watched the last few episodes of the vampire diaries you can watch this <laughs> melissa's been re-watching the vampire diaries i re-watched them last year actually
0: some of you like me chose the wrong side uh and watched all of grim instead of supernatural so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so this one um the untamed which in itself is very good if you just want to watch the bit with deep and meaningful uh, stares and longing stares with each other, the international version is on YouTube, which you can watch. It's called The Special Edition. It's 20 episodes of boys looking at each other and somewhat of a plot. But the full version, which is 50 episodes, is on Netflix. But that leads into my actual recommendation. Sorry, it was a huge lead, lead up. But there is this Instagram account, which I have now discovered and I am obsessed with, and it's called Incorrect CQL Subs, where they take screen caps from the actual TV show and they just sub them with... Incorrect subs, and it is the most hilarious thing I have read for such a long time. Mind you, I didn't, uh, I hope no one from work's actually listening, but I spent like a good hour locked in a meeting room
2: on Friday. Someone on work is definitely listening now. <laughs> Did you say you have a subordinate? <laughs> with-
1: well, no, so I I I'm, during my lunch break <laughs> I locked myself in a meeting room for a good hour and just scrolled through this particular Instagram giggling the entire time because it was just so hilarious. Um if you've watched The Untamed, please go give these guys a follow. You will have a have a cackle at it. If you haven't watched the Untamed, give that a go, and then go watch this. Uh, go follow this Instagram account because it's totally worth it. It's
2: just so relevant. Incorrect CQL subs. Incorrect subtitles is such a tried and tested genre on Tumblr. I love it. Genuinely, it's
0: non it's so it's, it's, it I, cannot I love fail. it. It's all over. It's all over uh, Insta as well.
2: I've been following um a bunch for The Witcher. Which sure. is hilarious. Oh, my God. Incorrect. I've been Such watching
1: all of, of the, the Witcher memes about his sword, the smiley sword. Oh, my gosh. And his horse. <laughs> and sorry, meme culture, complete sidebar, meme culture. I've been overtaken by meme culture. I posted a meme yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> One meme. <I> <laughs> I,
0: your read of that was... One of the most middle-aged things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way you held your finger
2: up. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Okay, um, my recommendation. <laughs> I'm never going to live this down, guys. Here's the setup. Um. Do any of you watch Succession? No.
0: I'm aware of it, but no, I, I don't.
2: Okay. Um. Succession, I feel drew in a lot of people because they heard the opening credits song and they were like what is this music and then they were like what is this show I have to watch it immediately and that's how a lot of people got to know Nicholas Patel. Nicholas Patel is an American uh, composer for television and film. He has this really interesting biography. He started out I think as a like a financier or someone who worked on Wall Street. He also went um, he wanted to be a buck like a concert pianist at some point, but then he became like a classically trained uh, musician and a composer. He's written Oscar nominated scores for Moonlight and um, If Beale Street Could Talk for films like Vice and The Big Short. And um, what's the other one? Uh, He's also written for The King on Netflix, But I think most of all, he's really well known for his music on Succession, the HBO show. Um, I love his scores. And I also, he's a really rare composer in that he's very articulate in talking about his process and how he works with his collaborators. So directors, uh, writers and producers. Every single one of his interviews with other people is gold. Just go listen to them. Um, Every one of them is great. But in particular, I really want to recommend two videos that he's done on the Vanity Fair YouTube channel, where it's just Nicholas Rattel sitting at a piano. He's a great pianist, but he's just going through his music for movies and for succession. And he's talking through how he came to arrive at, you know, the themes, the motives and um, how the score operates in the piece that it's, you know, playing in. And it's just someone who knows so much about what he does and is so good at teaching other people to be passionate about what he's passionate in. And that just really is so rare and really exciting to watch. Um, It makes me fall in love with this music all over again. It makes me really love music again. Um, And I wish there were more instructors and teachers who could talk like that. I'll link to those two videos. There's one where he talks about um, major and minor chords and how he uses them in different scores. And he's trying to break down the traditional thinking that major chords are happy and minor chords are sad. Um, and he's talking about his different uses of those chords in his music and another whole video about his music for Succession Season 2 and how he develops the themes that were introduced in Succession Season 1. And um, he talks about how he drew from hip-hop beats in the Succession the theme song and as well as like you know, Wagner and Schubert and, you know, classical orchestration. Um, He's such a gifted composer who draws from different sources of inspiration and he works with a lot of people of colour and he obviously is very inspired by um, jazz and Afro-American music, which, you know, makes him a really exciting composer in my books. Um, He's only 39, which is like... Amazing. Um,
0: it's very, very. Young. He's
2: he's been rec- he's been nominated for an Oscar twice now in the last like four years. I am sure he's going to win one before he's fifty, um, and well deserved. So I like just a really interesting person to watch.
0: Um, I've got two a twofold recommendation. Um, the first one is sort of tangentially linked. Um, wah, we are still a lot of it is more under control but we are still dealing with bushfires throughout uh, Australia there has been um, a massive um, international response particularly for rural fire service and a lot of the um, a lot of the actual firefighting uh, organizations but there's an Instagram page uh, that I would like to recommend to the listeners and it's called spend with them and it's about businesses that are in the uh communities that have been um impacted by uh those uh by fires and it's about just a suggestion for people to buy from if you're in the market for something already uh consider purchasing with these people it's just spend with them uh on instagram there's a range of different suggestions lots of different kinds of companies uh one of the ones that um, stood out for me was Wild Brumby Distillery, uh, which is the uh, highest in altitude uh, distillery in the world, question mark? Uh, definitely Australia. But that's that's uh, my positive, responsible uh, recommendation. The other recommendation is uh, I'm in the middle of rewatching. Wait, Wait,
1: wait, wait. We get two now? You did two. No, I only did one. You, you did the TV
2: show and you did the... Well, no, my actual official
1: recommendation was the Instagram account, incorrect CQL subs. You're welcome. I believe you might have been the first
0: person to do two. To... No,
1: that was an anti-rec plus a rec. So unless one of yours is an anti-rec.
0: Mine, mine is just that I have been re-watching The Nanny. Uh, and look, it holds up. It whole, it is still a '90s sitcom. Is it on Netflix? It's on Stanley, I believe, um, but it's great. Uh, I, I just mentioned because apparently they are making The Nanny into a uh, Broadway theater show, uh, which I'm excited about and is great. Uh, but that's uh, that's my to spend with them on Instagram and uh, The Nanny. If you're looking for something to parse, that uh, if you the dose. not want to go into um, the untamed. Um, okay, uh, so that is us for our uh, inaugural 2020 episode. Uh, thank.
1: What a mess. <laughs> True to form. True to form. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> uh,
0: thank you very much, Sharon. Thanks all. Uh, thank you very much, Di. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, as always, uh, listeners, uh, I'm Chuck's Montano, and until next time, uh, ink well. Past and future episodes of this podcast can be found at thenibsection.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hop onto Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us, and recommend us to your friends. Want to share your thoughts, suggestions, or feedback? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thenibsection at gmail.com. You can also comment at us on the Nib Section Facebook page or at the Nib Section on Twitter and Instagram. The Nib Section is the official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania, and our producers this episode were Chucks Montano, Sharon Zah, and Diana Die recording and editing was done by diana zyre our music was composed by michael pierce our logo was designed by will h smith with artwork by melissa graf thanks for listening